0: Our topic for tonight is Revelation's Gateway to a
1: New Life. Have you ever done something and the very next moment you regretted that you did it? Yeah. Have you ever wished that you could do things differently? Yeah. As you look back over your past life, do you sometimes wish you could just start all over again, begin anew, so to speak? Yeah. Well, the Bible tells us we can actually do that.
0: In fact, it's not only possible, it is essential if we want to be saved. It's called the new birth. Let's read it here from John 3, verse 3. Our first text tonight, for those of you taking notes. John 3, verse 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be what? Born again. Born again. He cannot see the kingdom of God. So we have to start over if we want to enter heaven. But the one that Jesus said this to, Nicodemus, asked the question, how? Verse 4, Nicodemus saith unto him, how? How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? And that question of how is the question that burdened hearts have been asking for centuries. How can I start my life over? How do I begin life anew? Jesus tells us how.
1: He says in verse 5, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man is born of water, first of all, and of the Spirit. Secondly, he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. So to be born again, we must be born, first of all, of water. That represents what? Represents baptism. Baptism. And then we must also be born of the Spirit. That symbolizes conversion.
0: And conversion must take place before baptism. How do we experience
1: conversion? Well, the Bible tells us how in John 1, 12, as many as received him, Jesus received power. When we receive Jesus, our life is transformed. Revelation 3.20 tells us how. Behold, Jesus says, I stand at the door, which represents our choice. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. We open the door to Christ when we invite him personally to come into our lives to direct us, to guide us, to be our king and our savior. We are led to take the step of accepting
0: Jesus when we see his love manifest on the cross. When I see him hanging there, dying there, my death, paying the penalty for my sins, then I want to give my life to him. In fact, Jesus said in John 12, verse 32, mark it in your notes. John 12, verse 32, he said, And I... If I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. Have you felt that drawing love of Christ in your life? No doubt you have, or you wouldn't be here. As we respond to the drawing love of Christ, we surrender our lives to him. Then we are born of the Spirit. Not my will, but thy will be done, O Lord. But that's not all in being born again. There's another part.
1: That was the first part of being born again. The second part is to be born of water, which represents baptism. And we are going to see tonight how baptism is indeed Revelation's gateway to a new life. We are studying
0: tonight the gateway to a new life. That is baptism. Jesus instructed his followers to teach and baptize. Let's read that from Matthew 8, or 28, verse 19. Matthew twenty eight nineteen, Jesus says, Go you therefore and teach all nations, and then what?
1: Baptizing.
0: Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. What does baptism symbolize? And how is baptism for us the gateway to a new life?
1: Well, let's begin to get the answer to that important question from Romans 6, verses 3 and 4. In Romans 6, 3 and 4, the Bible says... "...know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life."
0: So here Paul shows us the true significance of baptism. He parallels it with the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. We are baptized into his death, buried with him by baptism, like as Christ was raised up from the dead. So you can begin to see the true meaning of baptism. It symbolizes death, burial, and resurrection. We come forth from baptism to live a new life. This is the gateway to a new life for those early Christians Baptism was the public demonstration that they were accepting the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ on their behalf. But more than that, baptism was also the public demonstration that they were dying to their old life, bearing their past sins and mistakes, and starting a new life with Jesus. That is the gateway to a new life, and that's why the Bible says
1: Unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Revelation 1, 5. Baptism
0: symbolizes that, the washing away of sin. In fact, notice from 1 Corinthians 15, verses 3 and 4. Again, we see the parallel, the death, burial, and resurrection. Paul says, For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ, what? Died for our sins. According to the scriptures. And that he was, what? Buried, Buried, and that he what? Rose again. Rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. Baptism symbolizes all that. Death, burial, and resurrection.
1: That's what baptism represents. Death to the old life, burial of that life, and resurrection to a new life. It's a parallel of Christ's death, burial, and
0: resurrection. So we see tonight that baptism is the gateway to a new life. You bury your past and start over anew with Christ. People, when they accept Jesus, want to start over. They want to bury the past. It's done in baptism. In baptism, you start a new life. But there's a question we need to answer. What's that?
1: Well, that is, what is the biblical method of baptism? There are at
0: least 14 different methods practiced. You might have noticed that in your lesson. This is a picture of baptism by immersion. That's one method. But people say, it's well, a lot of work. You get all wet. That's not necessary. All you need to do is have some water poured over you.
1: Other people say, well, no, even that's a little bit inconvenient. All you need to do is have a little bit of holy water sprinkled on you. And some people say you don't even need water.
0: You just need to be baptized by the Holy Spirit. I heard of one group of people, they were baptized or maybe buried in snow. They said that, they thought that was the appropriate way to be baptized. They buried them in snow for a little while. Of course, you couldn't do that here in the Philippines. I haven't seen any snow yet. And an unusual baptism I heard of was this man who was baptized in a tank of rose petals. He thought that was the proper way to be baptized. And then I heard of a man who baptized his grandson by telephone. I'm still trying to figure out how he did that. And probably the most unique baptism I ever heard of was this lady who met a preacher in a grocery store. I don't know if it was Save More or something like that. And when she found out that this man was a preacher, a pastor, she said, oh, preacher. She says, I've always wanted to be baptized. Would you baptize me? He said, sure, sure, I'll baptize you. I'll baptize you right here. She said, how will you do that? He bought a bottle of Coca-Cola, popped the lid off, poured it over her. Coca-Cola baptism. It's not the real thing. So, what is the biblical method of baptism?
1: Well, how many methods are there biblically? Fourteen? No.
0: Let's see what the Bible says. Mark this text in your notes tonight.
1: It says there is one body... And one spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. How many? Fourteen? Oh, no. What's it say? One. One, Ephesians 4,
0: verses 4 and 5. That does not mean you can only be baptized one time. We'll see later tonight that Paul actually told a group of people to be baptized another time. But apparently there's only one method of baptism that God will acknowledge.
1: And the question is, what's the method? Well, the method of baptism is determined by the meaning of baptism. What does baptism mean? It means
0: death and then? Burial. Burial. You see, a person is buried beneath the water, representing death and burial of the old life. So in baptism, the person is placed beneath the water, representing death and burial. Burial. You see, every baptism, every baptistry, someone has died, and we're having their spiritual funeral.
1: Who dies and is buried, son? Well, let's let the Bible tell us in Romans chapter 6, verse 6 and 7. Here the Bible tells us in Romans 6, 6 and 7, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that is with Christ, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Would you like to be freed from the slavery of sin? Then you must first die to sin. So who dies and is buried? The old man. That's the old nature
0: that liked to sin. The old you is, dies to sin and is buried. And when something dies, what do we do with it? Well, we bury it. Mark this... For new life to begin, you must first bury the old life, right? For example, in gardening, if you want to grow plants, what do you do with the seeds? For example, what is this, comotes? How do you plant comotes? Do you take the pieces and you just kind of sprinkle them out over the ground? Is that how you plant them? What must you do? You have to bury them as in the natural, so in the spiritual. For new life to begin, you have to bury the old life.
1: You can never begin a new life until you first bury the old one. And that happens, of course, in the step of baptism. Baptism represents, the Bible method of baptism represents death and burial and resurrection. You see, it's not just a spiritual funeral, a spiritual
0: grave. It's also a spiritual birthday, a new start, resurrection. Please notice what the word baptism means. It means to dip, to immerse, to plunge underwater. That's where it comes from. In the, it comes from the original Greek baptizo. When they would dye cloth, how did they do it, son?
1: Well, I suppose they would hang cloth up on a line and sprinkle some dye on the cloth. Is that how you do it, ladies? No. No? What do you do?
0: You take the cloth and you dip it all the way down into the color. That's where we get the word. The Greek word baptizo comes from, to dip, to immerse, to plunge underwater. So even the word baptism means
1: to go under the water. And when something dies, do we sprinkle it? If you took an animal that died and you sprinkled some dirt on it, what would happen? Well,
0: you could smell it. And the reason why there are some stinking Christians is they would never have been buried. I say that kindly, of course. So we realize tonight that sprinkling is not the Bible method of baptism. The Bible method of baptism represents...
1: Death, first of all, and then burial, and then resurrection. Resurrection to a new life.
0: Let me show you a picture of somebody who has risen from the waters of baptism. This particular young man, when he, this, he's coming up out of the water. You'll notice he didn't even get his hair wet. That's because he didn't have any hair to get wet. That Behind him is his wife. They attended one of our seminars, both of them, and they chose to get baptized, to start a new life. Here's another picture.
1: This is a baptism that we had in Europe. You can see that this woman here, she dies, symbol, symbolically is buried beneath the water and resurrected to a new life. That's what true baptism symbolizes. Let's read now Romans 6, 4, 5, and 8. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like us Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. So we enter with Christ into a new life. You want to start a new life? We're seeing
0: tonight how to do that. Now verse 5 says, for if we have been what? Planted. Planted. How do you plant seeds? You bury them. If we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection.
1: And then it says, now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. So
0: baptism also represents the new beginning, the new life.
1: Baptism is the gateway to a new life. It symbolizes, the biblical method of baptism symbolizes death. And new life. Burial. And resurrection. A spiritual funeral.
0: And a spiritual birthday. Let me give you one other text to put in your notes tonight. From 1 Peter 3, verse 21. Mark it down. 1 Peter 3, 21. We're not going to read it, but you can just mark it down. It says, the like figure whereunto even baptism death also now save us. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh. In other words, it's not like just taking a bath, getting wet, but it's the answer, the Bible says, the answer of a good conscience before God. You see, when the devil comes to haunt you with your past, past life, your past sins, when you've been baptized the Bible way, you've been buried beneath the water, you've been raised up out of the water, you can tell the devil, look, I buried that man. I buried that woman. This is a new person in Christ. You can't say that if you've just been sprinkled. But if you've been baptized the Bible way, then it's like you have a clean conscience, a new start. And the devil, understanding the true significance, the meaning of baptism, he sought to bring in all these other baptisms, counterfeits. Let's look at some Bible examples of baptism. One is a man by the name of John the Baptist, called the Baptist because he baptized. And where did he baptize? Well, let's see what the Bible says.
1: Here it says. He baptized where? It says in John. In the Jordan River, but where? John 3, verse 23, and John also was baptizing in Enon near to Salem because there was much water there, and they came and were baptized. So what do you need to do the right method of baptism? Much
0: water. If John had sprinkled people, he could have gone all over Palestine with some sort of vessel with his holy water, and he could have sprinkled people. It would have been easy. But they came to him to the Jordan river and to a certain place there where there was much water and among those who came for baptism was who Jesus. Let's consider how he was baptized because he's our example. We're going to read from Matthew 3:13 through
1: 17. For your notes tonight, Matthew 3:13 through 17 says, then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of you. Do you come to me? So John recognized that Jesus had no sinful past to bury.
0: He says, you should baptize me, not me baptize you. Reading on, it says, and Jesus answering said unto him, suffer it to be so now. Let's do it now. For thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. Or in other words, then he baptized him. Why was Jesus baptized? To fulfill all all righteousness. There are at least two reasons why Jesus was baptized. One is to set us an example of the right method of baptism. Two, we'll come back to two later. Let's read on.
1: And it says, and Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were open unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. So Jesus went up straightway out of the water, Mark 1.10, coming up out of the water. Now, you can't really come up out of the water if you never went down into the water,
0: And then it says, lo, a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Heaven is well pleased when we take the step of baptism. But who's displeased? The old devil. He doesn't like to see people making that kind of commitment. But please notice when Jesus was baptized, he came up straightway out of the water. Can you do that if you've been sprinkled? Yes or no? Can you do that if you've been poured? The only way you can come up straightway out of the water is if you've been down under the water. John placed Jesus for a moment beneath the waters of the Jordan, representing death and burial. burial. Then the next moment raised him up out of the water, representing Resurrection. resurrection to a new life. Here's our
1: example. There's another example of baptism that comes from Acts 8 verses 35 through 40. And this is the example of the Ethiopian eunuch who was a rich man. He was a treasure for the queen of Ethiopia. And we read about him from Acts 8:35 to 40. He was traveling home to his home country, and he was reading Isaiah the prophet. He was actually reading from Isaiah 53 about the sufferings of Jesus, and he couldn't understand what he was reading. God sent the evangelist Philip to help him understand what he was reading. Because you see, God is guiding those who are seeking the truth to those who can share with them the truth. And as he shared with him the truth... He uplifted Christ before him. He had a small prophecy seminar, so to speak, right there in the eunuch's chariot. And the eunuch felt drawn to Christ as Philip uplifted Jesus before him. And notice what he says.
0: This is Acts 8, 36 and 37. And as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water. And the eunuch said, see, here is water. What does hinder me to be baptized? I don't know if Philip had explained baptism to this man or if he had known about baptism. Whatever the case, he said, look, here's water. I want to be baptized. Notice Philip's reply.
1: Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So he says, I want to
0: show my acceptance of Jesus as my personal Savior by the step of baptism. I want to bury my past and start a new life with Jesus. And Philip says, okay, you may. And then you can notice, watch here, a Bible example of baptism. Please notice this. Acts 8.38 says... They went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. They went down both, both the candidate and the preacher. Now, you don't do that if you're just sprinkling some holy water on the person. You don't go in the water together. But that's what's happening here in this Bible picture of baptism. Both the preacher and the person go into the water together. They went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. I can see Philip raising his hand in solemn benediction to heaven and saying something like this, because of your faith in Jesus and your acceptance of him as your personal Savior, today I baptize you in the name of the... What did Jesus say when you baptize? Baptize in the name of the Father Father, and of the Son, Son, Jesus Christ, and of the Holy Holy Ghost. So I can just imagine him saying that. And then he places him for a moment beneath the waters of whatever that place was, under the water, representing death and burial. Next moment, raises him up out of the water, representing
1: resurrection.
0: Now, I've had people say... When you baptize, why do you lay people down backward? Baptism is a symbol of death and burial, right? Did you ever see somebody face down in the casket at the wake? (laughs) That would be disgraceful. They're always buried face up, so they're ready for the resurrection when Christ calls them. It's the same in baptism. It's a symbol of death and burial. It's a perfect symbol. For a moment, the hands are clo- uh, folded, the eyes are closed, the breath is suspended. It's just like a, it's a symbol of death. Now, I might mention, for those of you that are afraid of water, uh, I don't know if there's any Filipino that's afraid of water, but I've met people that were afraid of water. If you're afraid of water, you don't have to be afraid of baptism because it only takes a moment. I remember we had a baptism one time in Europe, And there was this young man, he was deathly afraid of water. I don't know if he never took a bath or what, but he he was afraid of water, but he wanted to be baptized. And so he said, I want to be first. We had a a large mass baptism that particular day, and there was a local pastor doing the baptism. I was watching, and I thought maybe he would pass out before he went in the water because his hands got sweaty and cold, broke out in a cold sweat. He was so scared. But as I was watching, he was the first one. He walked down into the baptismal pool there, and they baptized him. He came up. He looked. It looked so graceful. So I asked him afterward. I said, well, how did it go? He said, you know, when I stepped into the water, all my fear went away. So you don't have to be afraid of water, or baptism at least, because it only takes a moment. Buried beneath the water, then? Reading on says. And when they were come up out of the water. You see the picture? They went down into the water and they came up out of the water. That's the Bible way to be baptized.
1: And all churches used to baptize the one Bible way. Even the Church of Rome, you can see here picture of a baptistry in Rome. In many of the ancient cathedrals, you will see it baptistries because churches used to baptize by the one Bible method. Every church, the Roman Catholic Church, the Orthodox
0: Church, the Lutheran Church, all of them used to baptize the right way up until. Maybe I shouldn't say the Lutheran because they came later. But his is interesting, the history. It was not until the Council of Ravenna in 1311 A.D., When sprinkling and pouring were officially accepted as equally valid as immersion for baptism, before that, everybody was baptized by immersion, but then they made a compromise and started sprinkling.
1: So we understand that baptism is by immersion, not by sprinkling, not by pouring, or any of those other methods we talked about, but in a place where there's enough water to bury the person beneath the water and to raise them up out of the water for the symbolism of baptism to be complete.
0: That brings us to the question, how does a person prepare for the step of baptism? This is a picture of a baptism, mass baptism we had in India
1: uh, some years ago.
0: How do you prepare for baptism?
1: Well, there are at least three basic ways to prepare for baptism. First of all, number one, one must believe... He must accept Jesus as his personal Savior and Lord. Jesus said, it says in Acts eight thirty seven. rather, Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So he must have faith in Christ in his sacrifice for the sin of man, and we must receive him as Lord and Savior. So if you've accepted
0: Christ as your Savior, you've taken the first step. The second step is repentance. Repent. What is repentance? Sorrow for sin and turning away from sin. Acts 2, 30, 38 says, Then Peter, here St. Peter, said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you. So before we're baptized, we're supposed to what? Repent. Repent. Repentance is sorrow for sin and turning away from sin. That does not mean that you have to be perfect before you're baptized, but we should not be continuing in a course that we know is evil. We should not be practicing something that we know is deliberate sin. We must repent. That's the second step.
1: And number three, we must obey. Obey the commandments of Christ. Let's read about that from Matthew 28, 19, and 20. Jesus said, Go you therefore and teach All nations first teach, then baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Teach them what? Well, it says, verse 20, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. So
0: we're supposed to be taught to obey the commands of Jesus before we take the step of baptism. There are some preachers and there are some churches, they say, you want to be baptized? Please, come right on in, we'll baptize you. Jesus says, no, First, teach, then baptize. Teach the basic truths of the Bible, such as the Ten Commandments. There you have the three steps. Believe in Jesus, repent of sin, and obey Jesus. Jesus says, if you love me, my keep my commandments. Now, that brings us to a question, son.
1: What about a baby? Does a baby qualify for baptism?
0: Can a baby repent of sin? Baby doesn't even know it has sin. Can a baby be taught to keep the commandments? No. You could say, now, baby, thou shalt not commit adultery. Baby has no idea what you're talking about. Babies don't qualify.
1: Matthew, you can read in Matthew 2, verses 16 through 18, and Jeremiah 31, 15 through 17, the babies that died... During the time of Herod, they will be resurrected when Jesus returns. So, babies can be saved even if they weren't baptized. As an adult, Jesus was baptized. As a baby, he was dedicated. You can read that in Luke 2, verse 22.
0: And we've had some beautiful baby dedications, but not baptisms.
1: But how old should a person be before they are baptized? Well, that depends entirely on the individual and on their understanding of the faith. Some are mature earlier than others, but a person should be able to know the difference between right and wrong and choose the right. Some people
0: are mature when they're 10, and some are not mature when they're 20. So, it depends on the maturity of the person. Now, this brings us to this question, son. Is it biblical for a person to be rebaptized?
1: Well, let's read about it from Acts 19, one through 5 and see what the Bible says. If it's biblical or not, Acts 19, verse 1, And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus. And finding certain disciples... He came to where? Ephesus. We
0: learned earlier from the book of the Ephesians that there's only one baptism. But notice Jesus tell or they, Paul tells these people to get baptized a second time.
1: He said unto them, Paul said unto them, Have ye received the Holy Ghost since he believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. So these people hadn't even heard about the Holy Spirit. And it's important to receive the Holy Spirit to be saved Notice what it says. Ephesians 4.30, if you'd like a text for that. And he said unto them, unto what then were you baptized? And they said unto him, unto John's baptism. How did John baptize? By By sprinkling? No. By immersion. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Was that their first or their second baptism, son? Second.
0: So is it okay then? Let's come back to our question. Is it biblical for a person to be rebaptized? Does the Bible allow that?
1: Well, apparently so.
0: Yes, the Bible does allow that. And that brings us to the question, who should be
1: rebaptized? Well, there are some general categories of people who often choose to be rebaptized. Number one are those people who were never buried. Maybe they had a baptism by sprinkling or pouring or some other method that's not biblical. And many of them, when they learned that their baptism really wasn't, didn't count in God's sight, they choose to be rebaptized The Bible way,
0: the Bible method. Second group are those who never accepted Jesus. These are people that maybe they got baptized because mom told me I should. Or all my friends were doing it, so I thought I should join the group. Later in life, when they develop a personal experience with Jesus, some of them choose to be rebaptized to show that this is now something personal between me and Jesus.
1: And then number three are those who've fallen away from Jesus. Maybe they didn't really, they fell away from their walk with him. Maybe they went out in the world and lived in the pleasures of sin. I can testify to that
0: third group, because I was baptized when I was young, and then some years later, I wandered out into the world, grew my hair long, I became a rebel. I'm going to tell you how I was reconverted, one of our future topics. I used to have longer hair than some of you ladies, but God changed my life. I'll share that story in a future study. But later, I was rebaptized. When the Lord brought me back to a recommitment to Him, I took the step of rebaptism. And it's from that second baptism that I really date my Christian experience. Then, a fourth group
1: are those who were never taught to keep all the commandments of God. I had a man come to me one time. He says, I want to be re- rebaptized.
0: And he told me how many Sabbaths he had broken in his life. And he, I forget how many thousand it was. He said, that's a lot of sin. And I want to bury all that sin and start over anew. So he was rebaptized. And there may be some other reasons for rebaptism, but those are the general ones. And we might mention right here. If you're thinking about baptism, we do recommend that you take the step of baptism into a commandment-keeping church rather than into a commandment-breaking church.
1: But that brings us to another question, son. How important is baptism? Well, let's see what the Lord said in Mark 16, verse 16. In Mark 16, verse 16, Jesus said, He that believes, that's the conversion, number one, and is baptized, number two, Shall be saved, but he that believes not shall be damned.
0: So, is it important if I want to be saved to be baptized? Yes. I've met people that, I, as I talk to them, I say, We talk about baptism. I say, Have you been baptized? No. Jesus says, He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. Are you saved then? Oh, I guess not. Is this important then? Apparently so, according to Jesus. That brings us to another question.
1: What about the thief on the cross? He wasn't baptized and he was promised salvation. As far as we know, he was not baptized. The thief on the cross, he could not be
0: baptized because he was fastened to the cross. And that brings us to the second reason why Jesus was baptized. He was baptized, number two, for those who could not be baptized. There will be people in heaven, no doubt, who never were baptized, never knew about baptism, or like the thief on the cross, never had that opportunity. However, if I have the opportunity for baptism and I refuse to take that step or I neglect to take that step, then can I be saved?
1: What's Jesus say? He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Now, you might be thinking, well, are you telling us that we have to be baptized? No. Baptism is not something you have to do.
0: It should be something that you want, want to do. Let me illustrate. Here's a picture of my sweetheart, my wife, 27 years. Do you think that I had to marry Sandra? That's her name, Sandra. I call her sweetheart. Did I have to marry her? Uh, Did I have to? No. No. Did I want to? Oh, yes. I could hardly wait. And it's the same with Jesus.
1: When a person receives Jesus as his personal Lord and Savior and begins to know Jesus personally... He longs to bury his old life of sin and wickedness, leave it behind, and start a new life with the power of Jesus. That is done in baptism. Baptism,
0: rather than being something, oh, I got to do this, it becomes something, I want to do this because I love Jesus. I want to commit my life to Jesus.
1: Should you wait until you're perfect before you are baptized? Well, let me ask you, son, should you wait until you're perfect to get married? Well, if you did that, you'd probably never get married.
0: Marriage is not a public ceremony that two people have become perfect, it's the public ceremony that two people have become committed. And it's the same with baptism. Baptism is not the demonstration that you've become perfect. It's the public testimony that you are committing your life to Jesus. Does baptism work a magical change? No, the change takes place before you're baptized. If we had a tank here and we brought in a drunk from the street and we put them under the water and raised them out of the water, that's the proper method, would that change them? They would go down a dry drunk and come up a wet drunk. There'd be no change. The change happens before baptism. The marriage doesn't create love in the couple's heart. They are already in love. The marriage is the public commitment. And so baptism doesn't work some magical change in your life. Jesus has already changed
1: you. It's the demonstration of that change. Baptism is a beautiful symbol of the end of an old life of sin, the burial of an old life of sin, and the resurrection to a new life with Christ. Satan understands the significance of baptism, and he tries to prevent people from taking the step of baptism. He brings in discouragements, problems into their lives to try to discourage them from Making the commitment to Christ. Family turn against them, friends
0: oppose them, all sorts of difficulties. And you can understand, the devil does not want people to make that kind of commitment to Christ.
1: But Jesus invites us to follow him. He took the step of baptism, and he invites us to follow him. Jesus says, and I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. Thousands of people have responded to His drawing love around the world. And taken the step of baptism. Let me show you some pictures of some of the baptisms
0: we've been involved with. Here's one that we had in the former Soviet Union. We had a couple thousand people attending the seminar. And there was a large group of them that took the step of baptism to show that they were accepting Christ. Here's a baptism we had in the Black Sea, an outdoor baptism. Some years ago, there in the former Soviet Union. Here is one we had in a large river there in Ukraine. Over 200 people baptized in that particular mass baptism. Here's a baptism we had in India back in 1999. Many former Hindus were baptized there, became Christians.
1: And here's a baptism we had more recently, five years ago, in Iloilo City. We had a baptism there where more than 250 people were baptized. Right here in the Philippines.
0: Now, here's a picture of a baptism we had in in America. And I want to underscore a particular person in this picture. As you look at the picture, you'll see a lady that has white hair right there. That lady was 87 years old. Are you ever too old to be baptized? Never too old for that. I remember one time we had a baptism with a couple. They were both in their 90s. Wanted to take the step of baptism. And some of you may be thinking about baptism or rebaptism. Now that you understand the significance of the step, you might like to take the step of baptism or rebaptism. We are planning a baptism after our Prophecies of Hope program. March 7 or 14, either one of those dates, we're planning a baptism on both those dates, so either one for you, if you're thinking about baptism, would be acceptable. Those are Sabbath afternoons. We'll have it in the afternoon. So if you're thinking about baptism, we would invite you to consider either March 7
1: or March 14, not too far away. The Bible says, and now why tarryest thou? In modern English, why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Acts 22, verse 16.
0: I remember when I was courting Sandra. Somebody said, Lowell, when are you going to ask her to marry you? What are you waiting for? And so the Bible says to us, what are you waiting for? Do you love Jesus? Then arise and be baptized and wash away your sins. Start a new life with Jesus. We're going to invite you tonight to make a decision.
1: This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.